Basic witches. Basic witches. I mean, we're witches. <laughs> Basically. Welcome back, witches. I'm Rachel LaForest. And I'm Leah Knauer. And today in the studio, we have Courtney Hameister, author of Okay, Fine, Whatever. Mm-hmm. She is a queen living with anxiety and OCD, and we talk a lot about all of that. Yes. And I was having anxiety this morning, so it was very timely for me. Um, But we want to tell you some exciting news before we get into this. We have another live show coming up. It's a Wednesday, January 8th at 10 p.m. at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room. So if you want to come, be sure to check our Insta at Basic Witches Pod, where we will have a link for tickets. And as usual, we have merch, and we're now selling personalized candles, which you can contact us through at Basic Witches Pod about to get your hands on some of those, or become a patron and get really cool custom art, etc. Yeah. Speaking of Instagram, I also want to talk about something that there was a meme going around, uh, rightfully so, that I want to address on the pod. So it was about Palo Santo, and there's a lot of places that are selling it that aren't getting it from sustainable crops. Yeah. And so just want to tell everyone, if you have Palo Santo, please burn it, enjoy it. But when buying it in the future, please be sure that you're aware of where you're buying it from. So not in a Sephora makeup pack where it's probably just illegally cut down trees or whatever. So be sure you're going to a source, whether that's a metaphysical shop or someone where you know got it from an indigenous source and, and it was sustainably grown and all that stuff. Yes, we know you're all, you're all responsible basic witches. So <laughs> please join us in that effort. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for all the reviews. If you have time, we um, love seeing your iTunes reviews and it really helps us and we appreciate it. Um, um, it lowers our anxiety. It makes us feel good. Yeah. Uh, should we just, you know what? Okay, fine. Whatever. whatever. Let's start the episode. Um, wait, okay. Can we talk about the weed thing that we were talking about yeah. on the patio? <clears throat> what were you saying about how, um, cause we were talking about paranoia and weed and how Rachel and I have both worked through our anxiety with weed and that's why we enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what were you saying? Well, I mean, so I'm, a, I, I am, I'm so glad that weed is legal now in Oregon and I'm so glad I have a lot of friends who use weed, uh, medically for mm. a lot of things, including anxiety, but I have, and there's a, there's a chapter in my book where, okay. um, I smoked weed, uh, and, and I was, it was when weed wasn't legal in Oregon, but it was mm. in Washington. So we went over the border That's and we got, you know, we got some, I would like some marijuana please, which was like the weirdest thing to walk into a store and order it for the first time. Um, but so I'm very, very happy that it's legal. What I would like is for there to be a warning on, <laughs> on weed that's, that, that says if you are a person who, um, who has been diagnosed with anxiety, mm-hmm. please talk to your doctor before you, you know, something that indicates that, um, this could trigger a panic attack. Ah. Um, because, and because it, they don't say that. And, and there are some people who have no idea. And, and the problem is that, you know, once you've had an anxiety attack, you recognize the signs, Mm -hmm. right? And so as soon as you smoke weed, the weird thing is a lot of this, a lot of the things that happen to you when you smoke weed are symptoms of a panic attack, right? You start to dissociate a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, you start to, some of your extremities, sometimes your extremities tingle. 
people. There are so many things that mm-hmm. are similar. And so lots of thoughts, a lot of internal dialogue mm-hmm. happening. Exactly. So, so, um, and so once you've had a panic attack, once you get the symptoms of one, it can actually cause one. Mm-hmm. Cause because you're like scared of having a panic attack. Exactly. I've so it that. increases your adrenaline <laughs> and then it just starts the cycle and you have one, which is what happened to me the last time I smoked weed. Uh, um, so I just, that? that was, um, it was about five years ago. Okay. Um, and it, I was, so my, my okay, fine, whatever project <laughs> was, I just was, was doing things that scared me to try to teach my, I have anxiety. So I was trying to teach my anxious brain that everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I was going through this, um, time at work where I was really, where I just felt like I had, I'd been the head writer of the show for 12 years and, and I just felt like I was done. Like I didn't mm-hmm. have anything left to offer, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're writing comedy and you're doing what it. What show was this? Um, well, so it was called Livewire. It was a radio variety show mm. out of Portland that's syndicated on public radio stations mm-hmm. around the country. Cool. Um, and it still exists without me, <laughs> which I'm completely fine with. Surprisingly. It's <sighs> shockingly. No. I left and it's it's still there. It's still standing. Um, but anyway, you just, sometimes you're like, I feel like I've written everything in me, oh. you know, like I don't, I don't know that if I, I can come up with any other ideas. So it was, so the idea we were doing a show that was themed around gonzo journalism and mm. just the, the concept of gonzo. So our, you know, in, in, as a tribute to Hunter S. Thompson, yeah. we decided no one's ever done this. Let's write stoned. <laughs> Oh. No one's ever written comedy stone, <laughs> yeah, you guys. Right. That's Fucking how comedy be. started. <laughs> exactly. Like we live in Portland. Let's be trailblazers. <laughs> and so, so we actually like for work, we went and bought weed and I actually like turned in, you know, uh, <laughs> the receipts and asked for, for the money for my work. And, wow. and all of the writers got stoned. And we had horrible ideas and I had multiple panic attacks or anxiety attacks. I I also have anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression. So like I was especially excited to talk to you today because I was having anxiety today Mm -hmm. and I had to even meditate before coming here. It's like it's so random sometimes. I can't pinpoint what it is or, or was or, you know, that triggers it sometimes. But it is it's fascinating. Well, here's here's what's fucked up about it. Nothing has to trigger it. Mm-hmm. Nothing has to. Tr- it's completely capricious. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it just. And and I think I have a friend um, who Anna um, Anna Debenham who runs something called the Inside Alliance, and and it, and it's this nonprofit. She goes into prisons and she works with people mm. who have anxiety and depression, Whoa. and she talks about how. Um, sometimes there really is no reason for a feeling to visit you mm. and feelings are fleeting. And I think what mm-hmm. happens when you have anxiety is that you're like, I'm going to feel like this forever. This yeah. is never going to go away. Yeah. And if you, you know, so much of her work is just reminding people this is going to go away. Yeah. It's just going to pass through you. And I think that we all want to, tr- we ever, everyone's always talking about trusting your gut. Mm-hmm. And we all think like, oh, something must be horribly wrong mm-hmm. because I have this little piece, this little speck of anxiety. And in actuality, you could have like had some bad Brussels sprouts. <laughs> like, you know, like a stomach ache. or no reason. It's just, mm-hmm. and so just recognizing that feelings pass, thoughts pass, mm-hmm. like to not, mm-hmm. I love, Anna talks about, um, the brain's special effects team and uh-huh. how, how we have um, 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day and the majority of them mean nothing. The yeah. majority of them are garbage. Mm. But if you're an anxious person, what you do is you just like grab Latch onto on. one. Mm. Oh, and you, they did the same hand I motion. felt it exactly. before you said it. 
right? Mm-hmm. And you then you your brain mm-hmm. special effects team goes to work and it layers on like shit your mom said four years ago. Oh and it God. layers on mm-hmm. like that. Wait, thing. did we have the same mother? <laughs> <laughs> well, That's my mother's real. actually like she's sort of like a cute little elf. Okay. But 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 no, like just little so, examples like yeah. that. Yeah. And what and what she's saying is to just just let like I, the metaphor that I love is um, a dog sitting by the side of the road watching cars go by. Let your thoughts be those cars. And some dogs chase after a car mm. and they latch on mm. to the fender and they are dragged along with it and uh. they get bloody and they die. Just let the cars go by. Mm. Let them be. Like it's fine. Don't try to stop them because you can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know. So it's this combination of of both of those things. Like right, not allowing your special effects team to go to to go crazy. Yeah. But what's interesting to me is that anxiety is that we does help people with anxiety, mm-hmm. and I think that weed also expands your your imagination and your special effects team, it helps your special effects team significantly. So I'm always amazed when it helps Mm. people with anxiety. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting that both Leah and I had the experience of that. It caused anxiety. And then it's interesting how Leah and I both, when we started using weed had anxiety and then it was the same for you, right? Where, yeah. where when you smoked alone without other people around and got used to it, then it actually became an anti-anxiety. Yeah. And you taught me that. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And, um, Alana Glazer taught me that oh. from, from Broad City. Cool. <laughs> I watched an interview with her and she explained that and I was like, whoa. And she's a huge, like stoner yeah. positive. You well, know? cause it like what you were saying before, how sometimes weed can give you the same symptoms of an anxiety attack. I feel like me teaching myself how to enjoy weed was basically basically me training myself not to follow my brain and to just like, okay, I'm having an uncomfortable moment. It's going to pass. And actually what I learned from doing acid is if you lean into it and try to not control the bad thoughts, they'll actually pass quicker. I learned the same thing. Yeah. But also without weed, I had a transformation with panic attacks Mm. because I was getting them really frequently um, a few summers ago. And it was what we talked about where you think about getting worried Mm. and that actually causes the panic attack. Like once the symptoms start, because I have vasovagal reactions. So I like have super low blood pressure and faint easily. Wow. And my brother has it too. It's like just a thing. Um, I know how to deal with it now, but when I didn't yet, um, the second I would start to feel lightheaded would then trigger a panic attack because I was afraid that I was going to have a vasovagal reaction and pass out. Yeah. So it started happening when I would be driving Mm. and that was really scary. But then I had this realization that, my body knows what to do, like fight or flight. And if really I was going to have one while driving, then it would, it would do something to save me. Mm-hmm. Like it would make me pull over. I would, I Park would f- or something. figure it yeah. out. Yeah. And then I never had one again after I truly realized that. But wow. I've had, pan- sorry, I've had panic attacks since, but not in that way. Not about that. What do you yeah. think was the difference? Because it was like, I actually believed myself that you trusted yourself. Yeah. I trusted myself and I was, I was able to remove the layer of worrying about 
panic. Okay. Like, so that, yeah. that middleman sort of feeling. I, yeah, I remember yeah. clear as day, my first anxiety attack. I was, it was like 1920. If, if no one has ever experienced it, like this is a little glimpse. I was in community college, Santa Monica college. I'm in the back of like a speech class and I fucking killed it in that class. Cause I was doing standup at the time. Like, Oh, this is what I do. But so I'm in the back of this class and I had this, I was holding my pencil and all of a sudden I couldn't move my hand. It's like my joints were like frozen. I started to lose like vision. I couldn't mm-hmm. hear the teacher. It sounded like, wah, 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 wah. felt like I was going to faint. And for a moment I was kind of just like paralyzed and my thoughts were going about college and I knew that I shouldn't be there and I didn't want to be there. And I felt like so trapped and just like so many different things. And ever since then, that was maybe like 2011 or 12, I get I don't, well, okay. What is the difference between anxiety attacks and panic attacks? That, I mean, it's, it's funny because I use the term like a two day panic attack in, in my book, but I, I actually think that my, I sort of use the wrong language, which is funny because I complain about using the wrong language all the time where people <laughs> are all like, human. Oh, you know, I'm, you know, I, when people say, well, just like, you know, this, this issue with our language where we don't, where we say depressed when we mean clinically depressed, but we also say depressed when we mean like, you know, Down. you got a bad bagel or whatever. Right. So, um, so anyway, I think that I think that in general, panic attacks are um, are a lot more acute, and um, they they tend to be like a, a, your your physical reaction with a panic attack is generally like like really really a lot of tightness in your chest, and it feels like you're having a heart attack, and you and most people who are having one think they're going to die, whereas an anxiety attack is more sort of it's a little bit more mental that affects you physically but mm-hmm. you don't necessarily feel like you're having a heart attack or mm-hmm. um, a lot of times people do like have to go to the hospital when they're having a panic attack because the symptoms are so similar mm-hmm. to a heart attack whereas so so I think that that anxiety attacks are are somewhat similar in the same vein but if you were having like I had a two-day anxiety attack mm-hmm. slash OCD attack around um, the my last live wire show that I hosted or that I didn't end up hosting. Oh, damn. Yeah. And um, so it was more, I think I called it an, a panic attack, but it was really more of a two-day anxiety attack. What is an OCD attack? What is that like? <clears throat> well, so um, I have generalized anxiety, which is just sort of a heightened anxiety that you walk around with every day that can then turn into an anxiety attack. And then I also have, super fun, um, Maria Bamford also has this, mm. um, who's, she's just one of my all-time I favorite comics. Mm, and um, so I have... A lot of people think of OCD as um, they mostly the hand washing, you know, and they're or they think, oh, I'm OCD uh, because I need to keep my house so clean. Um, generally, OCD is you have these intrusive thoughts that you can't control. And the way that, that people tend to try to control them is with um compulsions, which is like, okay, the world is full of all of these um, germs, so I'm going to wash my hands 800 times a day. Mm. Whereas there are forms of OCD that are just the intrusive thoughts. And that's what Maria Bamford has. That's what I have, um, which is I'm going to hurt someone. I did hurt someone. Um, I... A lot of it is around health. Like mm-hmm. I will, like my last one was that, you know, I have aphasia, so I have trouble finding words sometimes. And th- I was like, oh my gosh, I have dementia. I have early onset dementia. And that was for months mm-hmm. that I, that I believed that. And so the OCD attack that I had, <laughs> um, uh, and I don't know if even p- people call them attacks, but, uh, was that I was afraid I was going to hurt my housemate, mm-hmm. um, that, that I was living with at the time. And, and that's what, 
you know, that's what stopped me for a couple of days. Mm. But I think, um, I don't know. I, 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 like I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not ashamed of any of my (laughs) sort of mental illnesses, but I think that, I think that the, the OCD feels because it's, because it's so, so definitively irrational, I think, and, and also like the definition of it feels like more what we would define in in our culture as crazy. That Mm. one's a little bit more scary to tell people about because it's harder for them to relate Mm. to. Everyone can relate to anxiety in some form. Yeah. You know, anyway. But you've told a lot of people, right? I mean, you wrote a book. <laughs> it's in my book. Yeah, I know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I think it's so. I, I teach. Um, I teach a humorous memoir to adults and and high school students, and and one of the things that I talk about, like I listen to your podcast, and you guys, um, you know, will ask people like, "How are you a witch?" And and mm. I and, it, and I was like, "Oh, I mean, I." I don't think I am a witch, but, but I do talk about this magic that I, that I see in performers and storytellers mm-hmm. and, and, and that, is, and I, and I talk specifically about Mar- about Maria Bamford and the fact that this idea of mining darkness for light mm-hmm. and the fact that she has this thing that is truly a devastating thing. Like if you've ever experienced an OCD, you, when you have harm OCD, you truly believe that you have or have done this terrible thing or will do it. And you Mm. feel all of the shame, all of the terror, Mm. uh, all of those feelings. Mm. And it's horrible to live through. And Maria talks about it on stage. Right. And, and when, and when she shares that she gets laughs Mm -hmm. and there's a thing that happens, uh, when you're, uh, telling a joke for an audience and you hear laughter, it actually turns into dopamine mm-hmm. in your system. Oh right? yeah. It's addicting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, we they're all releasing know. it. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're releasing dopamine in themselves by laughing mm-hmm. and, sh- and, and her hearing that laughter. And it's not just about like, Oh, they're laughing. I'm, I have dopamine in, in, in my system. It's also, Oh, I hear them recognizing themselves in me, mm-hmm. even, even through this thing that I am so ashamed of. Right. So it's magic. That is magic. What yes. she's doing is she's turning her dark, the, the darkest thing in her life into joy Yes, for them and for her. I, mm-hmm. yeah. And that is a magical I totally like, 100% transaction agree, in my I mind. I feel like that makes you a witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And so that's what like, yeah. and that's what I talk about with, you know, mostly with the kids is to try to get them to recognize that telling your story mm-hmm. can actually make it better. Mm-hmm. Just telling it it can make it better because it'll you know? help other people. It usually does. Right. And you, yeah. it yes. makes everybody feel more human. And I just have this thing where it's like, if we're all freaks, then none of us are freaks. <laughs> yeah. What is normal? Oh, it yeah. does not exist. Yeah. And the amount of time that we all spend worrying about whether or not we're normal in one way <laughs> or another, it's such, it's such a waste of time. Yeah. That, yeah, I, I figured that out, um, after my big breakup, which led to you know, this whole track, I don't know, every, this show and everything and that, like, no fucks given is my mantra of not giving a fuck what other people think about me that mm-hmm. freed me from a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we had my sister Angie on who is a life coach living with OCD and, um, she it's it's intrusive thoughts it's not harm ocd that she has but mm-hmm. it's that style where it's she doesn't really have compulsions some of it is health focused but it's intrusive obsessive thoughts yeah and yeah she explained that to me that a lot of people don't know mm. 
that that is OCD mm-hmm. largely. It's I an think anxiety. I, I think yeah. I definitely have that. And I've talked about this before on the podcast that I have intrusive thoughts. Like for example, trigger warning. Um, sometimes when I'm like sitting at my car at a pedestrian light, I'll always, you don't know if you do this, but I imagine my nightmares imagine that mm-hmm. I'm going to accidentally slam on my gas and hit a pedestrian sure. and I see myself and it feels real. So when I know, when you say that, I'm like, I know exactly what that feeling is. Is that what it's, it is, but but what the difference is, mm. and, and I don't know how long you hold on to those thoughts, but the difference is your sister and me, those of us who have this intrusive thought thing, most people have this have, have something in their brain that just clicks off and goes, yep, that would be terrible. And you sort of have that feeling temporarily. Mm. But if you have this form of OCD, you just grab onto that and you can't let go. Mm. You're just like, oh my God, it's going to happen. And you can't, mm-hmm. you can't do the thing that, that a, you know, quote unquote normal brain can do. Yeah. Um, you know, when were you diagnosed? I was like, di- so, so my, um, my father was bipolar and when I was, uh, 27, I can't believe that I don't know the exact um, <laughs> age that I was. I think it was 27. He, uh, it was back in 95. He, um, he just, he was a doctor, so he knew the pill to take that would just stop his heart. And so he decided to do that. And it was about a year after that, that, um, I had my first OCD episode. I had so much guilt around my father's death mm. and he and I had always had a very, um, just a, a complex, difficult relationship, mm. you know? I mean, everyone, it felt like everyone else in our family got along, but he and I, like, mm. you know, and we were a wasp family. We were, we, <laughs> I come from the wasp people, so we never fought, you know, except mm. my, my dad and I had, like, four knockdown drag outs over, over wow. the course of my life. So anyway, when I was diagnosed, she thought, you know, uh, I think this is probably connected to your dad's death and mm. your guilt and... um and uh, and then I was diagnosed. It's funny. I wasn't diagnosed with generalized anxiety until I was in my 40s. Oh. So was there yeah. some misdiagnosing going on or just it I, changed? I don't... It may... Well, the problem is that when I presented with OCD, it was so acute that I'm sure she, if I had generalized anxiety at the time, she wouldn't have seen it. Mm. All, she, all she saw was this massive OCD. The loudest yeah. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't until later when, um, I mean, it was really interesting. I went, I was, I was actually at a, at a, uh, like a, like a job coach. Like I went to someone to try to just figure out what to do with my mm. life. And as I was telling her all these stories, she was like, yeah, you have a, you have generalized anxiety. Oh my god, <laughs> the career coach diagnosed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, they know people. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, this That's kind funny. of is like the subtitle of your book. Okay, mm-hmm. fine, whatever. The year I went from being afraid of everything to only being afraid of most things. <laughs> yes. you're, you're, you've chipped away enough to just the generalized. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And yes. I love that you yeah. have humor about it. Yeah. Like this is where I'm at. That's magical. Do you think yeah. one day you'll have a book that's the subtitle is more like, I did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you think it's going to be lifelong. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, well, I, I, I don't think so. And it's not just because, you know, I mean, one of the things that I talk about in my book is how I believe that um, anxiety turned me into a pessimist. And I think that that, that can ap- absolutely happen because you get these like ruts in your neural pathways that you're just used to thinking, well, this is going to suck. Mm. Everything's going to suck. Mm-hmm. And so part of the reason that I, w- once I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety, I was like, oh my God, I thought that I was just this Eeyore, this like super mm. bummer. Mm. And 
that's not me. Like I have a pathology Mm -hmm. and it's changed the way that I think. So can I shift it back so that I can maybe go through life thinking that things might be okay, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's just, I think that life is better that way. And I will never be an optimist, but I think, <laughs> you don't need to be. Yeah. But I think that, so I, I just did all of these things, you know, uh, and, and they weren't, you know, they weren't brave things for most people, but they were brave for me. Like, mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, you know, things like a sensory deprivation tank, cause it was pitch black. And I was I, anxious about going oh, to one of those. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. I was like, what? No. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and I went major anxiety. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I went to a professional cuddler, um, where (laughs) we had one on the show. Oh, you did it from one from uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. 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 How, how was your experience with that? Um, you know, the, the dread before I went Mm. was so powerful. Um, but the experience itself, I gotta say, I mean, I, I think that there, there is so much snark around people who go to, to cuddlers. And in fact, you know, I mean, part, part of this book was that I went on this massive dating binge and I had like 28 first dates in, in that year and about a hundred total. Right. Cause I did have some repeat dates. You guys okay. had some people that I that wanted to see me again. Thanks you guys. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed. Um, so anyway, so I was on this massive dating binge and, and I had just dated this polyamorous dude. Um, that was part of the adventure. Like, let's see what this you is are like. Totally a basic witch, by the way. <laughs> like we've talked about all these things on this show. Oh, You're living yeah. it. I am super basic witch. Yes. Um, like, and, um, and he, the thing was we had nothing in common and I, I, I sort of, you know, my sort of emotional intimacy with him was zero, mm. but he was like a fucking ninja in terms of just physical affection. And mm. I'm not, well, he was good. He read this book called, um, she comes first. We know about this book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which we'll we appreciate. Yeah. So he yeah. was, gr- he was great at that, but it, he wasn't, it was just that like, we had this total casual sex encounter and afterwards we were just lying on my bed and he started just running his hand up and down my forearm. And I was like, it felt like we'd known each other forever. Mm. Like, and I was like, Oh, like I don't want this kind of emotional intimacy, but this is the exact physical intimacy Mm. that I want. Like, you know, hell yeah. 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 So, so I just had these experiences where, um, I just learned, uh, you know, all throughout the year I was learning, like I was learning what I liked and didn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, sexually and, Mm -hmm. um, and any, I don't remember why, what was I talking about? (laughs) Dating. I got distracted um, by my by, by the, 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 the arm the guy. Arm. The you arm took guy. me somewhere too. Yeah. I I felt it. <laughs> I don't remember what the question the was that I was answering. Okay, fine, whatever. Dating. Um well, even you on were, a hundred first dates. Yeah. About hundred dates anyway. total. You were on you were talking about where oh. you're at. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so the I think I think the question, because I <laughs> talked for such a long time, but I think that the question was really like, do you think that you'll write a book where you're yeah. like, I'm done? I f- yeah. I did it. So so, but what these things, these weird things that I did. Um, is, first of all, it taught me that the whole reason the book is called "Okay, Fine, Whatever" is that that is what I am. Uh, that's what we Eeyores say mm-hmm. when when people who do have enthusiasm, when Tiggers are like, "Let's do this thing. Let's go get your Nobel Prize," and you're like, "Fine, mm-hmm. okay." You know what? 
I'll go. Whatever. Yes, I'll go. Right. So that's kind of what that statement is about. And and so um, that's one thing that I learned was that I did these really interesting things that enriched my life and changed me in so many ways. And I did it with this fucking Eeyore attitude. Mm. And so you can, that's what I, you don't have to be enthusiastic. You don't have to be like, you go girl about everything, Mm -hmm. which I just, I hate that so much. And I mean, but if you're enthusiastic, good for you. I'm blanking on her name, but are you familiar with the author who speaks about um, the power of being quiet, the introvert? Oh, Um, Susan Cain. Yes. Thank you. She wrote quiet. And she has a TED talk about the power of being an introvert. I don't know about this. I have to watch it. Oh yeah. Cause me and my man are both extreme introverts. And so our therapist brought it up and, um, it's awesome. It's like the, what you're saying. You're familiar, right? Oh, it's such a good book. And I actually got to interview her on oh Life. Oh my God, amazing. And, and it, it, you know, this, this whole idea that our culture looks at introversion as a problem right. is so fucked up and wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Extroverts are rewarded. The ones yep. who are the loudest are rewarded mm-hmm. often, you know, in our culture. And she's talking about how there are superpowers to being the quiet one Absolutely. Or, or taking the alone time. Yeah. You're more thoughtful. You know, you think before you speak and, and, you know, and, and our culture listen (laughs) and you listen exactly. And, Mm. and you're going to be able to take in things better. So, so yeah, I I think that was a, that was a huge lesson for me. Mm. And then also it just, it, you know, we're fooled by film and television and, and where, where we see someone have an epiphany and their life changes that day and, Mm. and change is painfully Mm. incrementally slow. Mm -hmm. And so what changed for me was just in, it was, I say it in the book and spoiler alert, but I just say it was one word and that word is interesting. And that word is that if someone were to say something now, if someone were to say, hey, let's do this thing that <laughs> I've never done before and it sounds a little weird or uncomfortable, instead of saying that sounds terrifying, I say, well, that sounds interesting. I love that. It's all about mm. a perspective shift. Did exactly. you feel like that Anyone. about coming on our show? Like a bunch of witches. Okay, <laughs> fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty really? much. Yeah. I mean, I think that I would have had a lot more discomfort around it um, just because I think what I, what I've realized also since writing the book mm-hmm. is that my anxiety isn't around losing my life. Cause I just had to, I had to weirdly for work go zip lining in Hawaii. <laughs> oh I, my gosh. And I zip lined over like 450 feet above ground awesome. over this gorgeous 250 foot waterfall. And I did it. And I was like, Oh, my anxiety isn't around dying. It is around being humiliated. Oh, interesting. And feeling ashamed. Mm. And this is this is so interesting. Like you talked about Alana Glazer and and her um and her saying that like the key is to do is to smoke weed by yourself and it just made me think like that's how you that's how you figure out that you are a person whose anxiety comes from what worrying <laughs> about what other people think. Mm. Exactly. That's back to my point of no fucks given is what really helped me with not worrying about what people think. It frees you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess not everyone, but people like yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. For sure. Improv helped me oh, a yeah. lot. Really? With yeah. my anxiety because it's all about say yes. I mean, it's exposure therapy for <laughs> introverts like us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm an extrovert introvert. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm an ambivert. Is that what that's called? That's what I've heard. Oh, cool. I'm a Gemini, <laughs> so I can do both. Right. Yeah. That makes um, sense. But what I wanted to say, so, so my boyfriend, um, 
he is very by the books, logistical. Um, and so he was saying no to a lot of things. This is before we, we met. Um, but we were Facebook friends somehow. And then he made this post after he saw the movie. Yes, man, which Mm -hmm. is where he says yes to everything. And his life changes because he's getting out of his comfort zone. So he made a post saying like, he's saying yes to everything. And so then I told him to come to this nasty women cabaret that I was in because I needed audience members. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he came. And apparently that's the night that he like fell in love with me from the stage. I didn't even like, know this. Oh, really? No. Yeah. He was, he like heard my voice and just loved me, but then was too nervous to say something to me afterwards. And then he messaged me on Facebook, whatever, whatever. And then a few months later, he like said yes to doing an improv show that I was in. And that's when we met face to face. And I think it's, this is a year ago now. And I think it's so interesting because A, improv brought brought both of us kind of type A people to improv, like, and then that led us to each other and him seeing Yes Man to come see my show. It's just like, it's all connected. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. really beautiful when like, though those times are scary to like join an improv class or meet new friends, it, it all can add up to something so beautiful if you do get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And to me, it's just like, it's so awesome that, that you're that you kind of the way that you met and your entire relationship is sort of tied to him trying to be a better person. Yeah. And you know? me too. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, and let's try to evolve together. Yes. That sounds fun. Yeah. As opposed to like, I'm evolving and I'm leaving you behind. See you later. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that helps with how you're in a healthy relationship right mm-hmm. now. Both of you were in that place and I'm experiencing the same thing with my partner right now where we met at a time when I was extremely like, I was forced out of my comfort zone but then thrived on it. So that was my path to like following fear Mm -hmm. for him. It was a conscious choice because he had not done it for so long and built up all these like not regrets, but you know what I mean? Like frustrations to where he was finally choosing to get out of his comfort zone and go towards the fear. Cause he finally started to see like, Oh, that's where the opportunity is, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but either way, then, then that led to us aligning on, like we're okay with scariness, which I think you need in a relationship Mm because you have to face these conversations that are scary. You're, you have to be vulnerable and you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I mean, that's the funny thing is that normally in relationships, we avoid that shit for as long as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. The actual like scary conversations, the number of people who have been in a relationship with someone for like over a year and they still haven't talked about kids. It's like, Mm. um, guys, (laughs) guys, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, and especially like, it's not as important when you're, you know, in, in your forties. Cause it's like, mm. well, I've either had them or I haven't, and I'm done. And, uh, it's, there are cobwebs down there, but, Got it. I think, <laughs> you know, but, but just the avoidance of these mm. like difficult conversations and weirdness. And actually like, like I talk, there's, there's a, a chapter in the book about me taking a fellatio class oh. and, um, and I, and I, I, in the class, like the thing that struck me most was her talking about like asking your partner, asking your partner what they like and, uh, and telling them what you like, which I think we all are like, Oh, it's so much less romantic. If I say it, if I, I used to think that I used to think that now I'm like, a bullshit. it can you be hot. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think as women too, we're like, I don't want to be bossy in bed. I don't want to like, because especially like sexually, I don't want him to feel emasculated, mm-hmm. but old news. Uh, yeah. 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 Read, the, read the book. <laughs> Pussy a reclamation. Yeah. They want to they it. want to please us. Yes. They sometimes just yes. don't know how. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's complicated down there. Yeah. I mean, we're totally you know, I'm befuddled by it. I wouldn't and know I what to it. do. 
exactly. I wouldn't have. Exactly. No, I, I do now because <laughs> yeah. I, le- I learned. I took the time. I looked in the mirror. Oh, yeah. no, know? for my own. Yes, I'm saying oh. for another woman's pussy, I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, it's like riding a bike. But you've ridden your own bike, and then you just ride someone else's. <laughs> you just got to adjust the chain. And I mean, I was surprisingly uh, excellent gears. at it the first time. Like, I feel like you'd be fine. Okay. <laughs> um, you, know, you know the, yeah. The basics. Yeah, you know the it. basics. You know where the little man in the boat is. Um, uh, I'm curious yeah. what, what you believe spiritually. Um, I would call my, I'm definitely an agnostic. I, I think that there, it's funny, there are aspects of, um, of Buddhism that I think are lovely. There Mm -hmm. are that I, and actually I think that there's some crossover between Buddhism and, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy ideas and mindfulness ideas. Um, and I love, like, I love some aspects of Judaism I think are so beautiful. And what I love about Judaism is that, is that they ask you to question it. Like, you know, um, and as opposed to Christianity, that is the opposite. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, and I, I absolutely believe in, I believe that there are things in the world that we cannot see, you know, that, but I, but I don't really have a belief system around that Mm. stuff. Mm. I'm definitely really loosey goosey about it. Wild card. (laughs) Well, I mean, and I, the thing is like, I, I don't. I don't think I ever would be a Christian just because there's so much of Christianity that I disagree with. So many rules. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of rules and just a lot of bullshit in the Mm. Bible that people just choose to ignore. And it's so odd to me that it's like, well, we choose to ignore this one, but we don't choose to ignore that one. I just don't like any of that. But, but what I, but I envy them, their faith. Mm. I envy them Mm -hmm. that feeling, that feeling of, of just being assured and knowing what's true yeah. and knowing Trusting. how the world works. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love, I would love to be able to explain some things. Do you feel like you have faith or how do you practice, um, I guess your own type of faith? Um, I know this kind of fucks me because people die, but, but my religion are, is, are my people. Hmm. My religion are the people that I love and just, faith in my faith in them, my Mm. faith in, um, their goodness. And, uh, that has, that has seen me through everything. And I, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's the only reason I wake up every day, you know, is, is, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it's just these people around me. And so, yeah, I mean, when they die, I'm fucked, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I'll just find more people. It's super easy to find more people. This is probably a very anxiety driven thought, but since I was little, I've always been like, okay with the end of the world and I've like wanted <laughs> it to happen. She's giving a thumbs up right now. Yeah, I know like, she let's is. Go. Because I'm like, if I could just die with all my loved ones, Al, at, like the whole world just end at once, then I, I don't that. have to experience the grief of, of losing them. By the way, Rachel the is a Scorpio. Ones. If yeah. you couldn't tell. <laughs> that's my, my brother's a Scorpio. Very intense. Uh, yeah. Feeling wise. Dark. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> but it's a really, I get it. It seems like a relief to me. Yeah. But I, but actually I am an optimist. <laughs> so I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> I want us all to blow up at the same time. Yeah. But I'm well, I've just poetic. always been, yeah. That's so I've interesting. I've seen, seen the silver lining in it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it would, it would be but nice. But, you know, it's so interesting hearing you talk because my partner is a pessimist. And um, I 
I think he would say he's agnostic. He's very like much science minded, um, very into philosophy, but, um, not spiritual. And, um, I, it's just, I don't know. I never thought I would date a pessimist, but he's, but we're able to have conversations like this, like where it's like, yeah, that's, that's okay. You don't have to feel to the level that other people feel, like up, like about mm-hmm. excitement stuff. You can just be, yeah. it's not a bad thing to be a pessimist. I don't know. That's new to me. Yeah. I used to think of it as a bad thing. Well, I think that, you know, as, as long as you're, as long as you're in, you know, he's internalizing it and he's not, he's not trying to affect your outlook on things, you exactly. know, like, oh, I'm doing this thing as long as he's night. Well, that sounds like a pleasure or you know it's just like you know sometimes it it will build up to where it turns into like complaining or something toxic and then we address it like leah's heard about this (laughs) um and i mean we are lucky that we're in therapy together too because of a trauma that's weird to say but like you know there's a lot that's come to light and it's like it's just it's it works. That's great. Yeah. And you're having those hard conversations, which I'm just awful at. Mm. But I'm getting better, you guys. Good. Yeah, it's a practice. Yeah. How does he feel about you talking about him on the podcast? <laughs> He's okay with it. Yeah. He's known that it happened. It started that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny. Um, so so I'm still with the person that, so I was on 28 first dates and I'm still mm. with number 28. Oh, um, Spoiler great. alert. Um, but he... So when I turned, I, I was about to turn in the final draft to my publisher and I was like, do you, do you want to read this? Cause I mean, the fellatio chapter like talks about like the ways he likes head. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like you have, like, he has a jobby job. Like he's a, you know, he's like, yeah, he works, you know, non-creative. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. He's, he's a, he's a real person. Yeah. And, um, and he was like, nope, I'm fine. And I, I mean, can you imagine like being in a book and not wanting to read? I'm like, who? are you wow has he read it um yeah i think he's like i think he's read most of it like and he actually listened there's an audiobook and Mm -hmm. and um i think that he i think i think he's finished it but he is he was amazing and he said the exact same thing he's like i knew you were writing about us when we started dating and it's your thing and and i'm fine well i think that's part of dating an artist because of what we were saying before it's turning our darkness and our truth into light and like making it into something tangible that that you know makes it all feel worth it Mm -hmm. yeah and I love that I learned that you don't have to be tortured to be an artist yeah and also yes you can take light out of the darkness Mm -hmm. and you don't have to be self-deprecating and you can still make it fun and enjoyable even reading about hardships, like mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. you do in your book. Yeah. I'm curious if you ever tried medication because mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on medication for both anxiety and depression. Are mm-hmm. you on it? Did it help you? You know, it has helped me. I, um, I'm off of it now. I had, I had a pretty nasty OCD, uh, uh, whatever it is that I'm calling it. Uh, (laughs) um, I had some pretty nasty OCD kind of after, like about a month after the book came out um, episode, I guess. And that it lasted for months. It lasted, it was like, uh, it started in October. And then finally in March, I was like, okay. Um, I actually tried um, Portland police department, uh, microdosing mushrooms. Um, Wait, what do you mean? um, So 
What did you say? You tried the police office? What? No, I was just like saying, uh, Portland police officers, please stop listening oh. or listen in. <laughs> um, because I tried um, microdosing. I tried microdosing. Oh, yeah, did mushrooms. Like I don't think I did it right. Okay. You know, you're supposed to do this thing where you um, you take uh, just larger and larger doses, but they're very small, but you just keep raising it every four days um, until you actually feel altered. Mm-hmm. And then the moment you feel altered, you just take it down another 50 milligrams and that's your dose. And there was just this moment where I was like, oh, I think I'm altered. And I don't think I was. Mm. So it's anyway. not a controlled study. Your mood is already changing. So right. it's like, that's tough. Right. Yeah. So, so then I was just like, oh, screw it. I'll go on SSRIs. Um, but that's how I felt too. And still feel. Yeah. And I, I was, ex- I was exhausted. You know, I've tried so many of them and I mm. just think, um, and I, anybody who, who, you know, who needs them, I, I salute, do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the side effects are, I mean, just the, um, I, the, the, for me, I, I would either be tired or I would be anxious. Mm. Um, and also the sexual side effects of SSRIs. Yeah. Suck. Yeah. It makes your libido go down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or and, and yeah, it makes it, yeah, you either, you, you can't have an orgasm or it takes for fucking ever and they're smaller. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, yeah. you know, I, didn't I don't s- love being on it, but it definitely has made my life easier. I mean, you have yeah. to, it's like you think of that trade off. Well, I can think I'm dying every day. <laughs> exactly. Or I can have like weaker orgasms. Exactly. You're going to choose the weaker orgasms, but it sucks that we that haven't have figured right. this out. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think it is so individual, like, mm-hmm. you totally. know, not a controlled study. Yeah. I had my first experience with a, what do you call a, one of those types of drug, like a psychoactive or a, a oh. psych drug? Oh, yeah. Anti anxiety. Yeah. Um, and whatever police department is listening, uh-huh. <laughs> um, it was not my prescription, but I was having a panic attack and I was out of the state and my insurance is so little as it is. Mm-hmm. So I took the help and took an anti-anxiety and it was really helpful. Was it like a benzodiazepine? Like, yeah, like oh, okay. lorazepam. Those mm. things are magical. Oh, I mean, but, but I mean, what I, sex is... Yeah, but it worked. They, but they fuck with your brain. Mm-hmm. Like they make it... It's like... I, I read somewhere that they had been there. Uh, they tend to give um, benzos to older people a lot. And mm. benzos are like um, Ativan and Valium and yeah, those kinds of drugs. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they had been giving them to all of these um, elderly people in a home. And I think a new doctor came in and they just thought all of these people had dementia. He took them off the benzos and he's like, they were fine. It was the benzos. Like, oh. um, they, 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 they fuck with your memory. Mm. They, you don't think as clearly when you're on them. Like you absolutely don't want to take benzos. They're meant for, they're meant for acute issues exactly mm. as you used it. Yeah. Like they're meant for, if you're having a panic attack. And I was going to bring that one up when you were talking about the difference between maybe a panic attack and anxiety. And I know that one was panic because of the physical, because like, mm. I had to have my cousin like sit on top of me and, and hold me (laughs) because I needed to, like, I was hyperventilating so extremely that, yeah. And like, 
That's a weird thing to ask your girl cousin to do. Damn. But I was like, get on top of me. Yeah. yeah. And hold me like a baby. I have a weighted blanket and it is incredible. That's basically what I was having her Yeah. Do. That sounds like a human. Yeah. I was thinking of getting one of those for my for my boyfriend because he, awesome. he uses like 18 blankets. And yeah. Like, I feel like you're making a weighted okay. blanket every year. <laughs> Everyone is getting people weighted blankets as gifts this year because I'm, I'm gift wrapping as a gig and so mm-hmm. many people are getting weighted oh, blankets. And then you've got a red and there's so fucking heavy. They're yeah, heavy. heavy. This is great for <laughs> yeah, me. They are. They're like at least 15 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm getting one too because I was in a little commercial for one and oh, now fun. I'm getting the product. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Are you a Taurus by chance? I'm not. I'm a Capricorn. Damn it. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can pretend to be a Taurus. I got a, ho- I got a horn. Well, I got the you horn are an earth sense. sign. <laughs> and I feel like that's uh, fitting with your sort of realistic views of the world it's true. like you're like grounded, grounded. I, yeah. yeah i am uh, yeah i do feel okay like I'm fine grounded. whatever <laughs> exactly my feet are on the ground exactly. yeah it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah capricorn i don't know what that means oh you don't mm. okay i was gonna okay. say do you yeah. feel like you are one yeah that's okay what are capricorns, capricorns like good at business Oh, that's hilarious yes. yes yeah i am not no no what are your do you know what your other signs are um, I, I'm, I was born on Christmas Eve. Oh my wow. gosh. Yeah. My mom was born on Christmas. Do you hate it as well? You know, I don't because, okay. because I got to spend my birthday with my whole family oh, every that's year. Nice. That's, that's so that nice. was really great. That's um, nice. But it is hard. Actually now it's much harder because everyone's out of town for my birthday. Oh. So, but I'm so it's, it's like, you know what? you're old enough that your birthday is not a big deal and you should ignore it because happy upcoming birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's pretty soon. Hell yeah. Uh, have you ever had your cards read or seen a psychic or anything like that? I have actually. (gasps) Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, you know, uh, I actually wrote an, I wrote an essay about it because that's what you do when you're an essayist. (laughs) But I, I, so the first person that I ever fell in love with just, just, just was very difficult. Um, and I wrote a lot of essays about it. In fact, I talked to him years later and he was like, Jesus Christ, I just kept reading your essays going, just let her get another boyfriend so she can write about him. (laughs) Oh my God. And I actually thank him in the book for like giving me a writing career. Um, but anyway, I just, he was, and, and the first time I fell in love was I was 34 and that was also the first time I had sex and I'm not Amish. Wow. I know it was Was, fucked up. Was that intentional? It was no, I, I just, I, I was, I've been heavy my whole life and for a long time I believed that made me unlovable and I didn't Mm -hmm. want anybody to touch me Mm. um super fucked up and wrong um Mm. as we all know now yes Mm -hmm. um but anyway um so I uh I fell in love with this person and he was like a character out of you know a novel um you know he owned this um like typewriter and vintage camera store (laughs) like and he was that guy you can imagine (laughs) and and this was before like hipsters right yeah so anyway I had, um, he had broken up with me actually in a graveyard at our friend's funeral. Um, we had a breakup. Yeah. It was very dramatic. And, um, anyway, I just, I, I was with him for two years and I mourned that relationship for longer than I was in it. Mm. And I just could not let it go. And I also had, because we broke up, I started gaining weight and I was like, and I just kept imagining and I was working on the show and I was getting all this press coverage and I would just. I would just cringe when I would like see a picture in the paper Mm. and I just kept imagining him going like, well, dodged a bullet. She got fat, Mm. you know, oh, dodged a bullet. You know, she, I just kept imagining him saying that. Mm. So 
it was a, it was like a couple years after we'd broken up, I was, um, at a film festival and we just all went to a psychic and this woman like sat there and, uh, and he was, this guy was, um, he was extremely charismatic, um, but he was pretty controlling and he had, he had minions, you know, he has all these people who, who understandably like really admire him and what his beliefs are. And, you know, because he believes in, you know, permanent technology, you know? Um, but anyway, he, he, he was like, he had his own issues, but he was, he was pretty, um, you know, he, he was pretty negative about my issues and my neuroticism Mm. and stuff. But anyway, so I go to this, um, psychic and, She's looking at my cards and she's like, God, I just see this guy. I see this like, I see this person in your life who's, who's very controlling. And, um, and I just, I, I see him, um, I just see him really judging you and I, and, and sort of not seeing the negative, the negative parts of himself. And, and, um, and she looked up at me and she made sure that like, I, that I was really looking in her eyes and that I was hearing her. And she was like, you know, you dodged a bullet with that one. <gasps> Whoa. Right? What? She said, she said he would have ruined you. <gasps> That's so cool. I know. <laughs> I know. Was that total validation? Oh my God. Well, I mean, and this is the thing. So, so when I wrote about that, like, and I walked out and I was just like, and I just remember, you know, I, I had chills and I was just like, holy shit, you know? And, uh, I mean, and you dodged a bullet is like, that's a thing that we all say, but at the same time, it had been going through my head for two years. And so, um, and, and I wrote this, I wrote this essay about it and I turned it into this, um, workshop and I had said like, you know, suddenly I could see and all this stuff and everything was clear. And of course the teacher was like, this is bullshit because it wasn't true. Like Mm. I, I wasn't over him immediately after Mm. that, but it was really part of my process. It was a big chunk of healing. Exactly. I love that. Like it just helped me in the process Mm -hmm. and it kind of, it was one of the things that pushed me along and it was just cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. That's very cool. cool. Anyway, it was a long story. Well, I feel like it is your time to read your cards. Yeah. Ooh. So these are goddess guidance, Oracle cards by Doreen Virtue. They're all positive. Nothing bad. It's not going to tell you anything bad's going to happen. So, do you know what you might want to ask for guidance on? Anything coming up? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. This is really weird, but um, my boyfriend and I like just moved in together Ooh. for, and it, this is the first time in my I and I'm an older person, um, and this is the first time I've ever actually lived with a partner, um, and. I don't, I don't know this, it might be too specific, but there's this room in the house that like, that I just feel like there was so much sadness in that oh, room. In this house you're moving in, you in just the house that we're moving into. The house is so amazing. It's so it. lovely. And we love it so much, but there's one room that I'm, and we know that, I mean, like the, it was essentially like they just let their cat go do whatever they wanted, including pee everywhere. Oh. And I was like, they're, they must've been so depressed to let this happen, mm. you know? Um, but anyway, I don't know, maybe just something around, um, the home, the home. Yeah. And I don't know. Do you want guidance on what to do about that room? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. These are Courtney's cards. You can take them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be scared. Um, so shuffle them and just put your energy in there, do whatever you want. Um, and we'll start just 
thinking about your question, and then when you're ready, when you feel it's shuffled, um, fan the cards out so that the faces are facing your heart. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do a deep inhale and hold it at the top and think about your question. Okay. Hold it. Is the address 164 or something with one, six, and four? Um, uh, there's a one, four, eight, mm-hmm. and a one, two, three. Okay. Yeah, there's not a six in there anyway. Okay. Take these. Thank you. Okay, what does Courtney need to know about her home situation? Is the room painted red, or is there red somewhere with it? The house. There's there's the door? tons of mahogany. Tons of mahogany. Mm. Okay. Tons of mahogany in that house. So yes. Mm. Mm. I see you painting more blues. Okay. Sedna, infinite supply. You are supplied for today and all of your tomorrows. Okay. Ooh. Um, so could you describe the picture and the colors and what it looks like? Um, yeah, so it's, it looks sort of like a, actually it looks a lot like Cher, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, I can see that. <laughs> she looks like a siren, um, you know, just this beautiful woman with this giant, gorgeous black hair, flowing black hair, and she has purple flowers all over her. And in the background, there's, uh, she looks like she's sitting on the rocks and there's a whale behind her. Mm. And she looks like she's um, very peacefully sleeping. Yeah, Were beautiful. you guys worried about putting money into changing the room? Yes. Okay, that's what this is about because that's coming to me really clearly. And this card is about you have enough. And I think that you have enough to spend to make this room feel better. And something's going to come in that just fills Mm -hmm. that for you, Mm -hmm. like that financial. Yeah. Did you you mention blues? Yeah, I think you're going to paint a lot of blues. Well, (laughs) it was blue. Oh, it was. And we painted over the blue. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, it was. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Cool. Okay, let's see what Sedna has to say. This is an abundant universe filled with more than enough for everyone. Yet the energy format of this planet is about polarities. In this instance, it's about giving and receiving. The key is to balance the two. If you only give, you'll feel drained, resentful, and experience lack. If you only receive, you won't enjoy what you have. Balance comes from fearlessly giving as you're guided and then receiving with joy and gratitude. It's exactly like breathing. Both the inhale and the exhale are identically important. Practice giving and receiving daily and you'll never want for anything. So it doesn't apply exactly to the room, but I think, yeah, what Rachel was saying is like, there's goodness coming regardless of like what happened in Mm -hmm. there and you can take it back and there's an infinite supply of like how I'm taking this as like um opportunity to change we've been talking a lot about change and like yeah no I definitely like this is it's really interesting that this came up just because we we both have so much like there's so much agita and fear around Mm. like put like fixing all of this stuff Mm. and specifically like this cat pee situation (laughs) where like, Oh my gosh, 
no matter what you do, if you can't solve this problem, the house is, you might as well burn down the house. Because the smell. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. And we've, 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 we feel like we fixed it, but. Well, there's an infinite supply of Febreze that you can get. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're going to win a like... one year supply. No. <laughs> yeah. But it's such a, Jesus, buying a house is just, you mm. know, there's just, it's, 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 and, and to also, to buy a house, you know, to be involved in buying a house for the first time and to live with someone for the first time. That's a lot. lot. It is a lot of stress. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, these are the various meanings. Let us know which ones are resonating. Okay. Play music, sing, dance, draw, paint, write, or do something creative. I'm sure that already helps (laughs) in writing. Study or change to a career that gives you creative freedom. Already doing it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, what? No, I, no, I, I mean, I'm working in advertising right now Hmm. and, um, and it's, you know, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, but I mean, my, my creative freedom comes from stuff that I do outside Mm, of of my work in general, you know, I mean, they, they give us some, you know, they're, they're actually pretty good about giving us freedom, but you know, you're working for clients. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're totally an artist. (laughs) I totally get it. (laughs) Take a creative class, invest in an an invest in an artistic hobby, keep a journal of your creative ideas, join a writing club or other creative support system. Is it possible to turn this room into like an art studio? Um, we could, I mean, I, I mean, we could, we have this other room like that's supposed to be an office for both of us, but I'd love to figure out some way to, you know, I've talked to friends about saging the room. Um, but also just figure out some way to like, I don't know. I just want to talk to the person who was living in that room. Okay. This is so weird, but (laughs) I read the wrong one because when Leah handed it to me, I didn't turn the page. I thought it was already on the page. So I read the various meanings of Sarasvati, the goddess of the arts. Oh, sure. But that everything happens for a reason (laughs) and you are a writer and that was all about writing. I know. That's that's so interesting. But do you want to hear what the card actually (laughs) had to say? Yes. Don't worry about the future. Okay, that's what anxiety literally is. Exactly. (laughs) Know that you'll always have enough to eat. Mm. Your needs will always be provided for. Spend time at the ocean. Swim with the dolphins. Move to a beach or island community. Go swimming, sailing, or surfing. Give time or money to a cause that protects the ocean. But I think it's the first three for you. Oh, yeah. 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 It's That's just always been... I think... You know, anyone with a mental illness, you see homeless people on the street. And every time I see one, I'm like, that's going to be me, you know, mm. like, you know, because, it's, because it's of not the way you're going to be you. No, yeah. well, no. And I mean, no. And of course it's just like, that's the you anxiety just have to talking. fight that. Yes. Yeah. It's the anxiety talking, but, um, but it's just the, you know, our culture and mm. our mental health, our healthcare system is so effed. And mm, so, yeah. and so it's always been a fear that like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna run out of money and. Yeah. Well, this is speaking directly to them that your home is safe and you are going to have enough. You have enough. You've taken care of. That's awesome. I love it. Beautiful. I love Sedna. Yes. Yes, Thank you, Sedna. We love you, Sedna. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And then, um, obviously, everyone's going to read your book. Okay, fine. Whatever. For sure. But do you have anything else you'd like to plug where people can find you? Um, You can just, if you want to see where I'm going to be, if I'm going to be in an event, I mean, there are most of my events are in Portland. Um, uh, yeah, and I'm, uh, the, yeah, I don't think there's anything once this is 
uh, airing that I will with it all need to plug, but just go to uh, my website's CourtneyHalmeister.com and um, just let Google try to spell it for because <laughs> it's just really hard. And um, I, I do recommend if anybody's interested in the book, I love it if they go to IndieBound.org because um, it's a website that just you just put in your zip code and it tells you the independent bookstores near you that oh, sell I love the book. That. Nice. So yeah, and it's you know you can also get it at the big you know, chains, but What's I'd that much one, prefer one more time. That it's, it's indiebound.org. So it's I N D I E bound.org. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You can find okay, fine, whatever by Courtney Hallmeister there. Yes. Um, and then we like to end every episode with a basic blessing. This is something we're grateful for today. Nice. And it can be big, small, whatever comes to mind. I would love to start. I am so grateful to be surrounded by amazing writers mm. and including some listeners who have been writing about the show. Um, I just am really grateful that people are taking the time to to write about us. Yeah. That's I'm so grateful for that. Thank yeah. you. So yeah. cool. Um, I'm grateful for Brett coming in and saving the day because <laughs> for a bit we didn't have a producer here so we wouldn't have been able to record and that would have been a big bummer because I was really excited to talk to you and it was so worth it so thank you Brett hmm. I, I'm also grateful for Brett <laughs> um, I think that yeah we've been talking about the house and I think that I'm I just you know not to bring everything back to anxiety but one of the <laughs> things that anxiety does too is it like makes you forget to be grateful for what you have because mm. all you can think of is what you don't have mm-hmm. and um and what might what horrible thing might happen and I just uh for me we've been working on this house for like a month and it's been so hard and sometimes I forget that I'm living in this place that I love with this person that I love and mm. so I'm just grateful for that. It's yes. beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Courtney. This was Thank awesome. you, guys. It was such a pleasure. Thanks, Sedna. Boom. Yes. Thank you, Sedna.
Thanks, Sedna. Boom. Yes. Thank you, Sedna. <laughs>